Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King, and you're listening to the Photography Podcast dedicated to getting you out there on an adventure of your own. I know that all of you have full-time jobs, full-time families, but you bought that camera for a reason. So pack your gear, grab your camera, get out there, get a flat tire. It's time for a Photog Adventure of your own. It's episode 156, and welcome everyone, because you know what today is? Do you know what today is? September 8th. September 8th, 2020. That marks exactly four years to the day that I released the first ever Photog Adventures podcast and first ever Photog Adventures videos. And so, four years of Photog Adventures. The fourth year has been markedly the worst when it comes to dishing out new content. Unfortunately for many of you, you don't realize it, but I've had a ton of content come out, but it came out behind a paywall over on the Milky Way Photographers Guild, and so you don't know about it. And my efforts there and in workshops, you just don't get to see. And so some of the stuff that I have been busy doing has been necessary due to the COVID, due to the pandemic, due to the the financial situation the country's in right now. It has been very dedicated to the best I can do to earn money, the yada yada. And so when you've got to prioritize all those money-making ventures to try and stay alive through the COVID pandemic economic crisis, I have not been able to do and prioritize some of these for free, for the love of it, projects like the podcast. Well, today being September 8th, 2020, I did not want to go another day without releasing something. And so today I interviewed a friend of mine who went through a harrowing experience out at Corona Arch. You're going to hear Blake Fair talk about a situation that is going to be a word of caution to all of us Milky Way photographers, and I want to get you guys into that here shortly. But just to say hello and what's going to go on with the Photog Adventures podcast, frankly, I have notes of episodes that I would love to do, as well as I have actual recorded episodes that I'd love to release. In fact, I have one with Alan Wallace that I'm going to try and release tomorrow because I just, once I wake you guys up to the podcast being updated, I feel like, let's just give you another thank you. And here's an Alan Wallace episode I recorded back in uh, May. And I just... I love you guys, and I want to give you guys some new content, so talking with Blake today about his adventure is going to be a fun return to the Photog Adventures podcast. Getting out Alan Wallace's episode as soon as possible is going to be fun, and I think what I'm going to do, and if you're a Milky Way photographer and you're looking at it going, oh man, I would love to listen to some more episodes of Milky Way photography, especially ones that talk about lessons and learning Milky Way photography, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to create a whole other podcast. I've been paying for the Hustle Life podcast um, feed, and we haven't been able to do that throughout the epidemic and the economic issues. So my co-host there and I have been prioritizing our other business ventures to try and stay alive. And I'm paying for hosting. And so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to post up there the Milky Way Photographers Guild podcast where you're just going to learn about Milky Way there. And I'll just create some episodes, get them out there, 20, 30 of them that are all teaching Milky Way stuff that people can use or not use. And I can just see how popular it is and how it goes. And that'll be just Aaron King talking about that and maybe some interviews. We'll see how it goes. But I'm going to keep the Photog Adventures podcast going throughout the rest of the year, 2020. And then on January 1st, I'm hoping by then 
I have an idea about what is best for me. When I think about prioritizing, YouTube was higher than the podcast when it came to what would be the best marketing tool for my workshops. But when it comes to what I really want to do and for fun, the podcast is too high in my heart. It's too important to me. So I'm going to have some fun doing it the rest of the year. And I'll find out after doing what I do from now throughout December, we'll see how it goes and see where I want to take it in January 1st. And maybe with your help, maybe with your help, with your feedback, you can email me at Aaron at PhotogAdventures.com. You can message me. Don't message me on Facebook necessarily right now because I'm so behind there. So if you want to message me directly, just email me some feedback. on. Okay, Aaron, I want the podcast to do this. I miss this. I want more of this. I want this. Let me know. You're the listenership. This is for you. Let's get rolling into this episode as we come back talking about Milky Way photography. And I already called it a harrowing adventure. Just, just know that this is a word of caution to all of you Milky Way photographers out there. Be safe. Be careful. You never know. You might take the wrong step. All right, here's Blake Fair. Hey, Blake, how's it going, man? I'm hanging in. How are you? <laughs> I mean, that is probably <laughs> the worst way to open a question. Well, worst question to start a discussion about yeah. your recent destruction of your legs and your, <laughs> you said you torn a rotator cuff too? Uh, femur, hip, and rotator cuff. The rotator cuff's the minor part. <laughs> um, the femur's the big one. The rotator cuff is the minor part. Um, Blake, before we get into the story and they hear the gruesome, amazing details of your survival, <laughs> um, let's follow Blake. Let's give him a thank you for getting on and talking about this. And where can people find your work on Instagram? Do you have an Instagram up? At Fair Image. At Fair Image. F-A-I-R Image? Yes. Okay, sweet. I'm surprised you got something so obvious. It wasn't taken by anyone else. I know. I was shocked when I when I applied for it. <laughs> Blake is a friend of mine who I have known and come to know through the Milky Way Photographers Guild. In fact, when Blake joined the guild, I had never heard his name ever before. Blake wasn't one of those followers of Photog Adventures that showed up on Facebook and messaged me or anything. Talked to me through the chats, the Facebook group. There was nothing that Blake and I had come across each other, at least in a way that I recognized your name, Blake, until yeah. I saw you as one of the first like 10 people to join the Milky Way Photographers Guild. So that was awesome to see someone who was a, I would say a lurker, but that has a negative connotation by the name lurker, but someone who was just casually enjoying, wasn't really messaging and spamming me ever, and was just a fan of Photog Adventure. So Blake, uh, how long have you been doing Milky Way, and what brought you into the Milky Way Photographer's Guild? I'm doing Milky Way, actually, if you look at my Instagram, you can. I was looking the other day, seeing the progression, stuff I thought was good a couple of years ago, but um, I'm doing, this is my third year for, do, for doing Milky Way. Um, I started tracking last year, which really got my interest in it sparked. <laughs> um, and, uh, I had been following your YouTube page, your YouTube for a long time. I always awesome. thought it was really entertaining your adventures with Brandon and, and all that stuff and a lot of good information. Um, but I'm not really that social on the internet. So yeah, I never, yeah, like you said, I never really interacted with you. Um, then I saw you did the, the guild and I thought that was really a good idea. Um, it seemed like a real friendly place to, uh, to interact. And so I decided to go ahead and come out of my box. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, I'll just put in a quick plug for it. Milky way photographers, guild.com. Uh, it is unlike Facebook, no one's tracking you there. You, sh you sign in, there's no ads, there's nothing else going on except for the community. And so you don't have any distractions. 
If you ever had the feeling like I do, that if I go into Facebook, I'm going to be inundated with some things I'm not looking for, certain politics, certain complaints, certain people, uh, you don't go into Facebook as often as maybe you would because of reasons like that, then the guild is for you. Share pictures, talk about stuff, learn and be a part of my live streams that I'm doing there. And that's just a $5 a month thing. So check it out, MilkyWayPhotographersGuild.com. So Blake, um, you met up with us in Escalante. In Escalante, we had a workshop out there and Blake was coming through Utah and said, Hey, Aaron, can I join in for one of your nights? Would you, would you have open? And I said, We're going to Escalante down at Sunset Arch. You had never been to Sunset Arch before, right, Blake? Correct. I've been to Escalante, but not Sunset Arch. Okay. So before we go into the next story, I want to go through a little bit of what went well and what didn't go well about Escalante Sunset Arch. People have heard me talk about it before, so I'm going to let you be the voice box. Describe the Milky Way Photography Challenge and the location of Escalante Sunset Arch. Well, Escalante Sunset Arch, the, actually the, the first challenge is getting there. Um, you need a four-wheel drive to get down that road. Yeah. Um, that sand pit right before <laughs> where we parked. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me interject real quick because there's a crazy spot. I've driven this road before and I've told people that this is where it can get kind of hairy, but it's not that bad, really. Most people can get through it. And as we're driving, the group that's in my vehicle with me, we're noticing this cloud of white that had spread out from a section of the road all the way to the left and far to the right. And we're thinking, what's going on that caused what looks like chalk almost? to be spread everywhere right there. As we get closer, we start to see, oh, okay, yeah, the terrain, it's really white sand here. It's, it's really white clay, almost like chalk right here, and probably was a lot of chalk in there. And as we're driving it, we realize, oh, now I get it. Now I get what's going on, because you start getting stuck in deep trenches. You're turning, sliding side to side inside the trench, and then you hit some parts where you can't really avoid it that sends you up and then slams the vehicle down. And when we <laughs> slam down at the very end of that trail, poof, ninja smoke went out on both sides of the vehicle. Poof on the right, poof on the left. 20 yards out, and that's obviously what's been painting all those bushes white for the last, you know, who knows how many days, weeks, since the last rain out there in Escalante to wash it off. And so, yeah, like Blake's saying, that area can be harder without a, an impossible for certain vehicles without 4x4, and that part was just crazy. I was one not expecting that uh, dip that happened at the very end of that trench. And I was trying to catch up to you guys, so I may or may not have been going too fast when I hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked that you caught up to us because you said you're going to be there around this time. I'm like, oh, man, we lost Blake. And so as soon as we arrived at the trailhead, I started texting because I had a little bit of signal. I'm like, hey, Blake, so we're going to head out. And then this truck showed up. And I'm like, hey, that might actually be Blake. And he is a pretty <laughs> sweet truck. Um, maybe at the Covered end of white this. Dust. <laughs> what was that? Covered in white dust. <laughs> yeah, a really sweet truck covered in white dust right from that last little section. At the very end of this, we'll do sort of a quasi-gear time and talk about your truck because you have a cool tent set up that I want to hear a little bit about. Oh, yeah, no problem. So, tr so Blake made it. You're at the trailhead. And then continue your description of Sunset Arch, how you get out there and everything. Well, the, the walk down to Sunset Arch yeah. isn't bad if you know where it is. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we had a uh, you had a, a GPS track. Um, and my phone yeah. had GPS, so we managed to find it. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's another side story. I've had <laughs> signal there for GPS for three years. No problem, never an issue, never a glitch. This time, for some reason, I could not 
see my GPS pin on the map. I had the KML loaded, I had the GPS tracker ready to go, but because I was using my phone and you know it can be susceptible to certain things not connecting, it didn't connect that time. That was the first time ever. And because of that, I couldn't follow my pre-designed track all the way down to Sunset Arch because you spend 80% of the hike without seeing Sunset Arch. You can't see it just over that last ridge. So you don't really know if you're blindly walking towards it or maybe off a degree and ending up like a half an hour off to the right of it. So luckily, Blake had signal and I had to descend in the KML through an airdrop and say, can I borrow your phone? And I held his phone the whole way down. And if it wasn't for Blake showing up, myself, Gus, and Eric, we would have gone down pretty poorly, pretty decently, correctly in the right direction, but we'd have added some time to our hike. You, you would have found it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's the only thing out there. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's just kind of like desolate, sandy desert with an arch in the middle of it, which is really kind of surprising <laughs> yes. uh, when you get there. It's a beautiful arch. It's uh, interesting, yeah. Arch. It's something that's not tall, not crazy tall, and has a long parallel arch over the terrain. Yeah, it's kind of squat. Um, and the direction I could take the shot of the Milky Way over it wasn't probably its best direction. I kind of liked it better. We're taking the sunset photos from the, uh, the, oh, yeah. to the right of where we were standing. Um, but still, that's a cool arch. I really enjoyed seeing it. Um, the next morning, I went over to Dance Hall Rock and checked that out, too. So it was a good scouting trip. It's a good scouting trip to be out there. Yeah. What was yeah. one of your main challenges and successes of that night? Um, well, first of all, finding it? No. <laughs> um, I, I, the challenge was finding a, a view of the arch. In retrospect, there's always retrospect. Right. Um, I should have gotten lower. Ooh, really? Um, yeah, I was shooting from too high, I think, and it really kind of diminished the uh, depth of the arch. Uh, if I'd gotten down lower, been looking more up into it, I think it would have been, I think it would look better than the picture I got. Do you um, think you would have changed locations and gotten closer to, or just you would have wanted to go down and see underside of the, underside just, of the top just, of the arch? Just down and have the arch fill the bottom of the frame better. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I you saw the picture I put on the guild. It, it's an okay picture, but I also as we'll talk about later, edit it in a hotel, in a hospital bed. So <laughs> there is that on my laptop. <laughs> if you guys haven't caught on, that is a very good foreshadowing right there. <laughs> so um, then so capturing. I think, well, I think the Milky Way went well, but um, I okay. think the actual arch itself, I could have done better. Uh, Gus and Eric were out there with me and they didn't have a star tracker. And I had to tell them not to look at Blake's image because I would <laughs> I was afraid that they were going to get spoiled by, wow, that looks amazing. Why can't my image look amazing? I was like, oh, you have a star tracker. <laughs> it's so incredible seeing the difference from a single image shot of a night next to a camera that's on a star tracker doing a shot of that. Uh, the difference is obvious. Yeah. And I, I'm hooked on tracking. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, if I can't track, I'll stack if I can't track, but I, I really would prefer to track. Oh yeah. Um, big time. If you're shooting wide angle, even the polar line is not that big a deal. I've, I've done a couple photos where I couldn't see Polaris and I just kind of went North in the right latitude and guessed close enough and I could still get about a minute exposure. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoy tracking. So if you are new to Milky Way photography and you're excited about your single images, stay excited for at least a year. Oh, yeah. once you do star tracking, you just don't go back. No. It does add a whole layer of complexity that is it's not hard to do, but it's time-consuming. 
Um, it's not like you're going to run around and get a whole bunch of different pictures in one evening. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, because it's going to take you half an hour for each one just, just to get the images. So, um, but it's, it's hard to go back. You're right. I agree. And he did carry out there, what, 30 extra pounds of gear because of it? <laughs> yeah. Carrying it out there wasn't so bad. It was carrying it back. It was. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you don't know this hike, this hike is entirely downhill towards Sunset Arch. And so on the way back at 1, 2 in the morning, you're trudging through the sand around these bushes over and like The feeling of running figure eights around the bushes is dizzying already. Plus, you're going uphill, and you're dealing with the sand. It's it's really quite yes. an obnoxious, easy hike. Yes. It's just a straightforward hike, but it's obnoxious. You're right. Exactly. I also found myself following the, the track on my phone. Um, every time I stopped following the track on my phone, I would veer right. For some reason, it just has to seem to be the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that, that will come into play later in this story. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Escalante was a huge success. And it was fun. I, I had a good time. We had a, a sky that cooperated. We had fun yeah. people out there. Um, we had nice ice-cold Gatorades when we came back to the cooler. Uh, Blake was awesome. And before we jump into the next location, uh, tell me about your truck tent setup. Just a simple, you can get them on Amazon. Um, it's just a simple truck bed tent that um, just covers your truck bed. I mean, the truck bed is it, it's just you're laying on the bed of your truck. I have a, a mattress that I put down underneath. Um, but for just a couple hours at night, you know, you're shooting Milky Way, you have a couple hours to sleep after you're done. It's perfectly fine. I mean, I, I thought it was very, very comfortable. Um, yeah, it, uh, and it's cheap. It's like 150 bucks instead of anything really complicated. That's really not bad. And when you think about it fitting up against your bed so well that you got the tailgate that it connects to, you have all the leg room, th room that you want, you have the flat surface. Did you have any um, thick pads that you already had in your truck bed for it? Yeah. I put down a thick pad. You can buy, buy them at Costco, I think, for 40 bucks. Oh, They're right. trifold pads. And uh, I'm 6'2 and 270, and I can stretch out you know, full length in a short bed Toyota truck. Oh, uh, because it also includes the tailgate. So, yeah, it, it works fine for me. So it was really comfortable, but it didn't get too hot in the morning, or was it immediately nope. hot when the sun came up? No, it was fine. I haven't been in it in the heat of the day. I would imagine it probably gets pretty hot like anything oh, would. right, yeah. But, um, but you know, the mornings, I don't have to jump out when the sun comes up. I don't immediately start roasting, no. Yeah, it, that's It's got nice. to take the ventilation. And not to mention, he didn't have to make the hour and 30-minute drive, hour and 40-minute drive that we did on the way back out of Dancehall Rock or uh, Sunset Arch area and going up Hole in the Rock Road. So he benefited from starting his sleep very quickly. Yeah. And then in the morning, I just loaded it up and drove over to Dancehall Rock, which was close. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, 10 minutes only to get over there. Yeah, yeah. And scouted that because I had never seen it before. Did you walk um, back to the actual hole where the tree is? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I walked the whole thing um, and then started my drive towards the, just this was the beginning of a 10 day, supposed to be a 10 day Milky Way trip. Supposed to um, be. This was the first night. Um, oh, my God. And yeah. to put into perspective that he left from there, got into cell signal again and was texting me about locations, knowing that at the end of his trip from Escalante to, to Moab back up to Utah County up here where I live, he was wondering where he could go while he's up here and spend some time out at night. That didn't go yeah. quite according to plan. I was going to fly. My wife was going to fly into Salt Lake City and join me. Um, I was going to pick her up in Salt Lake, drive her back to Moab. 
had one night in Salt Lake, so I was asking you about locations around Salt Lake. Would have um, been nice if you had a chance to take out. me up on them. Yeah, she flew out, but yeah, not yeah, <laughs> not the same location. So yeah. take us to the eventful night at Corona Arch. Start us uh, off with the quick summary of getting out there, what time of day, and what went well and what didn't go well at the arch before the major what didn't go well. Yeah, pretty much nothing went well at the arch, but we'll go there. Um, <laughs> actually, the bad. following night after I left you, um, I ended up going to Arches National Park and shooting turret arch and balance rock. So I did a little bit of photography that night. Oh, good. And then the following day, I just did some scouting and then decided to do Corona Arch that night. Um, I showed up about six, I guess, uh, at the trailhead. Corona Arch is uh, uh, about a mile and a half. Have you been there? I haven't been there with my camera in years. And so I went back there with like scouts back in early 2000s, and that was it. Yeah. It's about a mile and a half walk. Um, it's a fairly, it's not challenging trail, but it, 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 a little bit. I mean, there's some scrambling. There's a couple of places where they have um, metal posts in the rock and then steps cut into the rock so you can hike up some, some steeper parts. Um, and then when you get there, it's like in a big bowl. And you walk around the left side of the bowl, if you can picture that, Yeah. Uh, walking to the arch. And that bowl has probably a 100-foot cliff at the bottom of it. You don't want to go down there. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, I walked out, um, shot sunset. I knew that it was supposed to be cloudy that night, so I didn't have high hopes for the Milky Way. Oh, okay. Um, so I shot sunset, and there were some other people out there, and they all left, so I was the last one there, as usual. And uh, <laughs> about 11 o'clock, I decided that it wasn't going to happen. So I loaded up my stuff and started to walk back. Oh, that makes uh, sense. So really, the yeah. Milky Way didn't keep you there at all. So you were no. hiking back before. So when I read the article in the paper, in the news article, yeah. it described a timeline that didn't add up for anyone who was out for Milky Way. So I thought they had those details wrong. But I no, guess no, they had, the detail, they had the details right. Um, I, uh, I left pretty much as soon as it got completely dark. I took some pictures of the arch. I figured I could use this as a foreground at some point, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to hike on back and, you know, get some sleep. Um, so I started to hike back. And now I'm, I'm walking around the bowl with it on my right. And if you've ever, anybody is listening to this, if they've ever been there, um, the trail is not obvious when you're hiking back um, through that bowl. And I was paranoid about the cliff to my left now, <laughs> down yeah, below me. So I stayed right and high. Um, my wife went back um, about a week later to look at it, and she saw what I did. I stayed too high and to the right and my trail just petered out and cliffed out. Oh. Um, it got to the point where I couldn't go forward. I thought I saw the trail below me. Hard to tell at night. I had a headlight and a flashlight. It's not like I didn't have any light. Um, oh. And I started to try and get down to that trail. And the second I took a step, my feet went out from underneath me. It was, it was just too slick. Um, I went down onto my belly um, and stop sliding for a minute. And then I'm like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> I'm out here by myself on my belly sliding. Yeah. Um, I saw to my right, it looked rougher. The train looked, you know, the rock looked rougher. So I was going to try and scoot over to that to try and get more traction. Maybe pull myself back up. The second I did that, I started, I, I slid and went off the edge. Whoa. Um, so you fell actually in two phases. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was spread eagle for about 10 minutes trying to figure out what the hell to do. Um, you know, with my pack on and everything else. But, um, yeah. So and then you went, up I basically and... fell down to the trail. <laughs> okay, so the way out. that you got off trail, you ended up going up higher than the trail, thought you saw it right. below, or you're correct, you saw it below. You yeah. went off on an edge to try and get down there, thinking that you would just go and scoot quickly down there, but you ended up losing footing, sliding on your belly, what, 10 feet, 20? Yeah, not, not even very far. Okay. Just, just I could, like I said, I had enough friction with my big belly on the ground. So <laughs> to hold there for a minute, but I knew I couldn't hold it very long. Um, oh man. So you were so then, holding yourself yeah. on a slant that was so steep that you pretty much were holding yourself by the friction of being spread Eagle on your belly. Yeah. And then when you tried to get in a different position, that's when you fell again. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I wore down two of my fingertips down oh. to the meat trying to hold onto the rock. Oh, the um, meat doesn't sound good. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. No, that was the the you know, a minor problem as it turned out. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. slid. All I remember is sliding off the edge, and then I woke up. And the timing of it all, I was unconscious for about an hour. Wow. Um, and when I woke up, I knew I I knew how badly I was hurt. Um, I knew there was nobody behind me because I was the last person yeah, out of the, the area. Last one. Yeah. Um, and luckily the hero of the day, I had, uh, <laughs> Garmin, yeah, Garmin in touch mini, which I had just purchased, um, about three days before or four days before, right before I met up with you. Oh my um, gosh. You purchased it that or Garmin soon. in reach. I'm sorry. In reach mini. Um, <laughs> and not even all that great on using it, except there's this little, uh, door on the side that says SOS and you open the door. There's a button underneath and you push it okay. and it gives a little acknowledgement, you know, on the, on the, on the device, but that's it. And, um, then I was in and out of consciousness about an hour later. Oh, um, a, there's a flashlight coming up the trail and it was a sheriff or the search and rescue. And I actually got a chance to talk to him, which was kind of emotional. I can imagine. Um, and he found me and, um, called in, the cavalry. So um, when they get a notification from you hitting that SOS, what do they actually know? They don't know anything except I pushed the button. And they know the location, I guess, is all. They know the location from GPS. How accurate to the foot? Pretty good. I mean, it's a it's a satellite um, receiver transmitter, okay. and it uses the um, Iridium satellite network. So as long as you have a clear view of the sky, it... Um, It'll find it you. It gave him good enough for, for him to find me. He found me pretty quick. Um, luckily, I was only about a mile in from the trailhead. How far um, off of the trail was your body? I was basically on the trail. Okay. I fell down onto the trail pretty much. <laughs> so he gets there and wonders, how did this happen when you're on yeah. the trail? And I guess I had a long conversation with him. I don't remember really any of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but at that point, I mean, they only send one person just to make sure that it's really an activation. I'm sure. Um, he called in uh, search and rescue. And apparently there were like, ended up being 12 or 13 people up there helping me. Oh my. Um, they flew in a helicopter. Um, the sheriff said the helicopter pilot did an amazing job of landing the helicopter. There's not many places to land up there. Wow. 
Um, and I remember being put into the helicopter. Um, and then I don't remember the helicopter ride at all. Um, so you didn't get to enjoy remember the fun part. At the, at the hospital, yeah. Dang. It flew me to Grand Junction, which is about 50 miles away. So the fastest place for Moab to find a big hospital isn't to go to Price, it's to go to Grand Junction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The nearest trauma center. Um, so you're where sick. they can immediately do surgery. You have fallen. You recognize that you are falling. Did you recognize that you landed, or did you wake up having landed? I woke up having landed. Okay. So I don't remember after anything that. after sliding off the edge huh. until I woke up laying there. Wow. Um, and going and in and out of consciousness, how come you weren't just conscious the whole time in pain? Was it just so much pain in your femur that you I, couldn't? I don't know. I had a pretty significant head injury. Oh, okay. uh, for about a week in the hospital, I was not. A hundred percent. Oh my. Um, and they did a really good job with their speech therapy and, uh, their head trauma protocols to, to, it, it turned out just to be a bad concussion. There was no bleed or anything. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, I mean, you sound yeah. as you sound exactly like you did in Escalante, thankfully. Yeah. Yes. That's a good thing. I, I didn't write out for about a week afterward. I didn't, I was, I was had a hard time pulling stuff out of my head. I can um, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so what I don't is, really remember the first week in the hospital that well. <laughs> what is uh, the gruesome summary of what happened to you? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, um, I've raced motorcycles my whole life. When I was 18, I broke the same femur. Oh. And so I already had a rod and a plate in that femur that I landed on. Oh. Which was good and bad. <laughs> It was good because it kept everything from exploding. Uh, it kept my femur, it was in pieces, but it was still all in my leg. Had I landed on my other leg, oh. and this is, this is the part of the story that in retrospect is scary. I didn't know it at the time. If I landed on the other femur, I probably would have died because it would have been an open fracture and I probably would have bled to death. You're kidding. Just complete no. major artery. Sever yeah. you your femoral artery is your femoral artery is huge, and I was bleeding from a femoral artery in the leg that was broken, but because it was contained, it wasn't an open fracture, it wasn't bleeding out. I it it was fine, all fine. But um, and if if I didn't have the Garmin, I probably would have bled out enough, even in the closed fracture, to bleed to death. You're kidding. What kind of no. time are we talking? If they found you in the morning with some new yeah. hikers for sunrise, that might have been too late? It might have been too late, yeah. Um, wow. and unfortunately, I know about this. I'm also a paramedic, so I, I know about, unfortunately, <laughs> got a the ramifications idea. of some of this stuff. Um, but I didn't know about, obviously, I didn't know any of that until, until later. Oh, man. Okay, Blake, I'm so... Talk about an interesting benefit from having broken your femur when you were younger on a motorcycle. Yep. Yep. It saved my butt. <laughs> that and the Garmin. Um, I cannot say, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound like a Garmin ad here. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> and I, and I, I feel bad about that, but don't. it literally saved my life. I mean, I, I can't say anything, anything more than that. It's amazing. The technology exists that I can just press a button anywhere in the world with a view of the sky yeah. and help will come. And it's so terrific that that sheriff, the people in the area, they were willing and fast about getting yep. out to you, yes. grouping up and carrying you out of there and getting yeah. you to the helicopter. I mean, what an amazing helicopter pilot that landed yes. where he 
yeah. really couldn't. Not, and like I said, I'm 6'2", 270. This was not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the other end of that carry, so I do understand <laughs> how difficult it is. Oh, man. Yeah. What, I mean, one week of dealing with the initial injuries and recuperating from any trauma in the head, seeing if you're okay. But then what is your recuperation looking like now? Well, I was in the hospital for a total of almost three weeks. It was three. Um, oh. Once they got me stabilized and they moved me to a rehab floor where we're just waiting for everything to settle down enough that I could get in and out of bed and walk with a walker, um, you know, take care of myself, take a shower, that kind of stuff. They got me to that point before they released me. They released me last week. Um, and then the drive home was fun. Two days, two day drive home was really entertaining. You couldn't fly or you decided not to fly? Well, my wife was there with my truck. Oh, I see. And our dogs, we had uh, friends had our dogs in Las Vegas. So by the time we drive to Salt Lake, get on an airplane, all that stuff, it was just easier um, to see. stuff me in my truck and, and, uh, and my wife drove home and we picked up the dogs, spent the night in Vegas and picked up the dogs and drove home. Um, wow. it was uncomfortable, but not bad. Yeah. 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 Probably the worst version of that drive, but nothing compared to what you've been yeah. through. Yeah. It could have been. How much time are you going to be out? Unknown, right? The only time frame I've been given was six weeks until I can put weight on it. Wow. Okay. Um, as far as returning to duty as a firefighter, we're probably talking eight months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, before they would allow me to come back to duty. What's funny is I'm only a couple of years from retirement. So we'll see how it all times out. Um, Does it I end, end up, up going against your favor or will it be something kind of interestingly nice about it? You'll spend a lot of that time off anyway before you retire. It'll cost me a bunch of money if I don't retire, if I, if I retire early, but okay. at this point, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, there are more important things than money, believe it or not. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. You yeah. don't think you'd think about that money uh, took yeah. a few weeks back if that had gone with your other leg. That is amazing. Yeah. How far did you fall? We don't, I don't yeah, know. The sheriff that. said 30 to 40 feet is what he estimated. You reached terminal velocity. And you landed on your leg and not your hip yeah. or side, most likely. And not my foot, or my foot, my ankle, my knee are all fine. Really? Nothing strained? Yeah. Nothing? Well, I mean, they're swollen and beat up, but... But they're not I broken. Mean, I didn't I didn't land on my foot. I landed somehow on my side, on my femur, probably on a rock. But it drove the old rod up through the top of my femur at how hard I hit. Oh, so, it hammered yeah. the nail through further. Pretty much. <laughs> Jeez. So got some then, interesting old x-rays, yeah. <laughs> what is the um, summary of injuries? Besides just generally beat up, concussion, torn rotator cuff, but they don't think it needs surgery. I'm hoping it doesn't need surgery. Um, a fractured hip and a shattered femur. Oh, my God. So. Still shattered, but not exploded where it cuts your artery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and I feel very lucky. Yeah. And yes, I will be back out taking pictures next year. <laughs> yeah. That was a coming question. <laughs> you haven't given up on Milky Way photography. Oh, hell no. It's addicting. <laughs> <laughs> We've already you know got that. the word of caution of making sure you have a Garmin in reach. Yes. What, it, what else are you going to do to avoid a situation like that, that you can give us advice for? 
knowing now the walk out, um, I would probably knowing now I would just plan it differently. I would walk, I would walk out at sunset and just plan on spending the night mm. and not walking back that kind of, that kind of hike in the dark. Um, it was, it was a uh, unfamiliar terrain. Obviously I, I only walked it going out and, um, not a very well-marked trail because uh, it was all on rock. Um, and in retrospect, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I would, I should have just spent the night. If I got, if I would have gotten lost, it would have been simpler because I could have just sat down. I had food and water. I right. Just sat down and waited for the sun to come up. Um, true. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but once you fall, it's all over. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So then with that MyTrax app that I was using out at Escalante uh, Sunset Arch, would that have been a benefit there? What's funny is I, I tracked my walk out with my trails and um, Gaia GPS both oh. going. And remember when I said I kind of always went to the right when I was walking back from Sunset Arch? Oh. That yeah. was the same thing here. I was to the right and too high. Um, so you were following it, but just a little off. Just a little off. I was only 20, 30 feet off, not much off. So we can't even point to that as what could have saved you from having this incident. It's just you had it. You were following yeah. it. You just weren't, you know, one-to-one. Yeah. I was I was being as cautious as I thought I needed to be. Obviously, that wasn't quite cautious enough. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible story, Blake. I mean, you said yeah. you got emotional. I imagine everyone's emotional in this situation. I mean, they saved your life. You yeah. had an incident that risked your life all for being skunked out at Corona Arch <laughs> in Moab. And you know what? This, this, this season I've gotten skunked so little that, you know, that, that was, that was an anomaly. I've, I've, I've had really good luck this year. <laughs> um, I went to Yosemite. I've been to the Eastern Sierras. Uh, I was in Kanab. Um, I went I, in Kanab when the conference was supposed to be the nice capers conference. I went ahead and went anyway and took pictures. So I was there for a week uh, in May. That's when you had that experience and, with Eric and Briny and Mary Beth out yep, there at the windy, yep. windy Coral Pink Sand Dunes yep, for a yep, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The workshop, um, <laughs> which I highly recommend, by the way. I highly recommend your workshops, obviously. Thank you. Um, your enthusiasm, like I said, your enthusiasm is infectious. Um, he was so nice really to me that he even got someone interested in my Milky Way course while he was at the hospital. I'm getting people <laughs> who are buying things thanks thanks to Blake. So <laughs> you're so awesome, hey, I, Blake. I try. <laughs> I, you know, when, I, when I see somebody that's it's good at what they do and enthusiastic about it, you want to support them. So I obviously enjoy supporting you. Thank um, you. And also recommend uh, Eric. Um, and Eric Benedetti and Brian. Benedetti, thank you. Yeah. And Brian Richards, yeah. Yeah. Um, Totally different kind of workshop, much more, you know, not, not quite as up <laughs> beat, but very, very, you learn a lot technically. Okay. Um, good. <laughs> yeah. And Eric, and Eric's a really nice guy. And so yeah. is Brian. So, um, highly recommend both of those things. Really my experience with people out doing, um, Milky Way photography is for the most part positive. Very rarely do you, yeah, you go out and get somebody that's upset that there's more than one person out there. Yeah. But, uh, Oh, well. <laughs> yep. We experienced that actually right after we left. After I left Utah and went to California, I, I had an experience yeah. that I'll talk about in the podcast with no names, but it was an unfortunate anger, almost two fisticuffs situation wow. over, over light. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's just wrong. Exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah, there's just no reason. <laughs> Did you get a good picture of Horseshoe Arch? Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> now, our night was at Mobius Arch twice, yeah. and yeah. we got skunked the first night and was great the second night, but only great enough. We went to Bristlecone Pines. So, Blake, thank you okay. so much for sharing this story. I, I, it's, it's interesting, but I really, really want the word of caution going out there. I've, I've encouraged maybe it's safe to say thousands of people to go out and do Milky Way photography, even alone. I'm not mm-hmm. telling them not to do it. And so I want to make sure I emphasize as well, be smart, be safe, use your MyTracks app, make sure you know the path and have absolutely what I'm going to be adding to my arsenal is a Garmin in reach. Garmin, yes, you're welcome. Here's your free ad for this, yep. but it saved my friend's life. And so I don't mind sponsoring it for free. Yeah. I just, Encourage everybody to be careful, but, but go, I mean, I, you know, it's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and also one more uh, plug for the guild. Um, the people in the guild, I mean, before I went to um, Yosemite, I just put out a, a quick, Hey, does anybody have any locations? And uh, I think Chris Woodruff came back and, and tremendous help. Um, yeah. It, not a lot of people in the guild yet, but, People that are there are very, very friendly and happy to help. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a very solid bunch. Even though it's yeah. not a giant community, it feels a bit like the best of the best. Yeah, it, yeah, very, 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 very great people and, and great photos, great inspirational photos. And again, everyone, if you want to support Blake and just give him a big old like, oh man, okay, let's let's do something for Blake for talking about this experience. <laughs> go to his Instagram, follow his Instagram at Fair Image. Okay. F A I R, fair image. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blake, for joining me. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Get out there and have fun taking pictures and be careful. We will. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much.